this week's episode of Husky Talk. We are your hosts, Casey, Summer, and Brielle. Today we are interviewing the assistant to the Iditarod race director. Please welcome to the show, Joanne Potts. Hello, Joanne. How are you doing today? I'm doing fine. Okay, before we start our interview, we are going to test your Iditarod knowledge. We have five Iditarod trivia questions for you. Ready? Yep. Who won the first Iditarod? Dick Wilmarth was the winner of the first Iditarod. Okay. Who has won the most Iditarods? Uh, Rick Swenson has won five Iditarod. He's the only five-time winner. Correct. Who founded the Iditarod? Oh, who founded the Iditarod? Joe Reddington and Dorothy Page. What is the name of the award given to the musher that finishes last? Uh, They get the Red Lantern. It's a Red Lantern trophy. Yep. Good job. Okay. We would like to start by telling our audience that you have been doing some sort of work with the Iditarod over the last 40 years. Yeah, 40, 43 years. Can you tell us what first got you into the Iditarod? I had a neighbor who was an Iditarod volunteer. And one day she asked me in 1975 if I wanted to be an Iditarod volunteer. And I didn't even really know what Iditarod was then. And I said, what's an Iditarod volunteer? And she explained it to me. And so in 76, I volunteered two nights a week at the race headquarters answering phones. And that's what got me started. We read a book, and it was talking about how you used to answer the telephone and answer questions to keep the race updated. Can you talk to us about what that was for? What was it? What was the answering questions for? Yeah. Because the public wanted to know, the fans and the public and the parents and the, you know, the relatives of the mushers wanted to know where their mushers were and when and if they left the checkpoint and if they scratched and if whatever. And back in those days, we didn't have Internet, and so we could only answer people's questions via the telephone. After working on the phones for a few years, what part of the Editora did you get involved in next? Um... I think it was about in maybe 80, I have to think just a minute here, 83 maybe that we had a a sponsor, a lady in Anchorage that wanted us to try out using computers and a fellow in Nome, a teacher in Nome wrote a computer program for the race and we started using computers, and I think that was about in 83 or 84. After that, what came next for you with the Iditarod? I was hired in 19... I volunteered till 82, and I was hired in 1982, and I've been hired ever since then, just working there. 
Are you still working for the Iditarod today? I am. I work part-time. I work 20 hours a week now because I'm semi-retired. What is your role today? I am the assistant to the race director now. I used to be the race director, and when I started getting ready to retire, they have a new race director, and now I'm working as the assistant to the race director. It's a... The race director is in charge of all aspects of the race. And so you have to, I mean, you have people that work for you that do the groundwork, but you still it's your responsibility to make sure that all the checkpoints are staffed and organized and, and that all the volunteers are staffed and organized and uh, that all the mushers are organized so that every aspect of the race itself is in the end the responsibility of the race director. But you have a number of people that work under the race director that actually get on the ground and make all this stuff happen. Sounds like you have a pretty busy job. It is busy. It's a busy time of year, too, right now. Over the years, mushers have had so many nice things to say about you. Some even call you superwoman. How does it feel to have so many people care so greatly about you? Well, it feels good. It, uh, you know, I've worked hard at Iditarod, and I try to help everybody that wants me to help them. And, and um so it feels good to know that, you know, that people respect me and respect what I do. We see you were the honorary musher for the Iditarod in 2016. What was it like to have that recognition? That was pretty awesome. It was uh, a shock when they, when they told me. I was very surprised because nobody on the staff has ever been the honorary musher before. And so I was really surprised, but it was it was an awesome feeling. It was a pretty exciting week the week before the race. You know, everybody wanted my picture, and everybody wanted to talk to me, and uh, and, and I got a standing ovation at the banquet. And it was it was just it was a really it was a pretty awesome experience, humbling and awesome. We're sure you have many stories over the years. Can you share with us your favorite Iditarod story? Oh, boy, my favorite Iditarod story. Uh, well, one story that sticks out in my mind always is the finish, and I can't give you the year without going back and looking it up, but one year we had about 16 mushers finish at the same time in Nome. And they came in uh, in a in a row, you know. They came in one behind the other, and when they came up on Front Street, they split up into two rows. And so we had two rows coming in, and there were sixteen mushers. And so that was a that was a sight to see. We've never had anything like that before. That was a that was a a, a real sight to see when you saw those mushers coming in at one time. And there wasn't a professional photographer around anywhere taking pictures of it. That sounds really cool. How much longer do you think you will stay involved with the Iditarod? 
Oh, I always say that I'll stay involved as long as I can do my job and as long as I'm enjoying it. And I enjoy working with the mushers. Uh, I enjoy working with the volunteers. And I'm, I'm healthy and I'm getting my work done. And so as long as I can say that, I'll just stay there because I enjoy it. The next part of our show we call lightning round. We have five questions you need to answer as quick as, quick as you can. Ready? So I did a ride results, phone or internet? Oh, internet's probably the best way now. Favorite book? My favorite book? Yes. Oh, gosh. That's, that's hard to say because I read a lot and I have a lot of favorite books. So it's, um, but I like, uh, there's authors I like. I like, uh, James Patterson. I like, uh, uh, Dave Baldacci. I like Sandra Brown. I like, um, sometimes I like Daniel Steele. There's a lot of, I like a lot of books. So I can't really tell you what my favorite book is. Do you have a favorite musher? Uh, you know, <laughs> I, I do sort of, but as an employee of the Iditarod, it's very important that I, that I treat all the mushers just alike. However, because I've been around so long, I know some of these mushers. I've known them since they were little kids. And so I've watched them grow up and watched them run the junior Iditarod, and now I watch them run the Iditarod. And, and uh, so those people tend to be, I guess, if I have favorites, they tend to be my favorites just because I've watched them grow and, and learn and get better all the time. And... Uh, and so I don't ever, I make it a point of not ever, uh, you know, saying that so-and-so is my favorite musher because I don't want people to think I'm playing favorites or anything. But, uh, and so I don't think I have one single favorite musher. Uh, I get excited for all the mushers that run, and, and when the winner comes in, I'm excited no matter who it is. Um I, uh, like I said, though, the ones that I've watched since, since they were kids are the ones probably that I feel closest to, let's put it that way. I, I don't get close to the newcomers so much as I do have to the ones that I've been watching since they were kids. That's about the best answer I can give you on that. <laughs> Where in the world would you move if you could? One more time, please. Where in the world would you move if you could? Oh, gosh. Uh, you know, I suppose if I was really serious about moving from Alaska, which I'm not right now, but I suppose if I were, I probably would move back to Kentucky where I originally came from um, because I love Kentucky. And I probably would move back there, but you know, in a, a real pipe dream, if I had a real pipe dream, I'd probably move to some place in uh, maybe Italy or 
one of those Mediterranean countries. I think it'd be really neat. I've never been overseas, but I think it would be neat. But probably in reality, if I were going to move, I'd move back to Kentucky. Cool. Do you have a favorite song? I'm sorry? Do you have a favorite song? You know, I never thought about that, and I probably don't, because I, I, uh, you know, there's all kinds of songs I like and I enjoy, but I guess I enjoy more the songs from my young era when I hear them than I, I, than I, I don't enjoy the music now particularly, but I enjoy the songs that I hear when I hear them that were sung when, when I was a teenager. And that I learned and loved then, and I enjoy those songs again now whenever I hear them. All right. This is our final question we have to ask all our guests. If you could go on a dog sled trip with anybody, living or dead, who would you choose and why? If I could go on a dog sled, who would I go with? Yes. <clears throat> living or dead. Well, I went once on a dog sled with uh, with uh, Junior Iditarod winner when I was honorary musher. That was kind of fun. But maybe I would probably choose living or dead. I would probably choose Susan Butcher if I had the option of going on a sled with anybody. Very interesting. Thank you so much for talking, taking your time out of your day to speak with us. You're very welcome. Special thanks to our guest, Joanne Potts, for being on our show this week. Subscribe to us on iTunes and tune in next week. We would also like to give credit to Hobo Jim for our theme song, the I Did Our Trail song. Now enjoy a clip from some music when Joanna was younger. Thank you.